Hello and welcome. My name is Robert Buffard and welcome to the Robert's Thoughts MovieCast. Today, uh, we're going to be talking about Adam McKay and his filmography. Uh, today is his birthday, or at least today this episode will release is his birthday, so I thought it would be a good time to look into his directorial filmography. So that includes the likes of Anchorman movies, Talladega Nights, Step Brothers, The Big Short, uh, Vice, and now the television show from HBO, Succession. Today's just going to be a little mini episode, a bonus episode. Uh, even though I just posted an episode a couple days ago, I thought today would be a good time to talk about Adam McKay since it's his birthday, and I just happened to have recently finished Succession, so I wanted a platform to be able to talk about that movie, or that show. Um, I thought it was great, so I wanted to give some people some my thoughts on it. This episode is probably going to be quick, going to be nice and short compared to other episodes. Uh, I'm going to have a little bit of fun talking about Adam McKay and his movies. Uh, we'll see where it goes, see how long it goes, but don't expect too much. So for Adam McKay, I like him more as a director than I realized. I spent the last couple of days re-watching all of his movies and finishing up my binge of Succession since it's free on HBO right now. I knew already that I loved Anchorman, I loved Step Brothers, the other guys. Uh, the big short I always knew was good. I had only seen it once and I didn't really understand it too much to be honest. But upon a rewatch, I realized that that's also a great movie. But even though he's known to have started off in comedy, he's since gone on to do more than just comedy. Uh, even though those movies could seem dumb, they actually, a lot of them have some interesting meaning packed into them. It's not emotional, apply it to your everyday life meaning necessarily, but it's political. It's uh, important to the world. Uh, I think that's really interesting the way he kind of weaves that into his seemingly dumb comedies, uh, which admittedly I think are hilarious for the most part. Um, but since he made Anchorman 2, he's gone on to do The Big Short, Succession, and Vice, which aren't your traditional comedies. They're funny, they're silly at times, but more importantly and more accurately, they're informative and they're political, and I think that's kind of his M.O. overall. Once he kind of hit his groove with The Big Short and moved on to Vice and Succession, even though he doesn't have too big of a role, uh, in creating succession, I think that's where he's really been able to shine coming off of the other guys into those kinds of movies. Uh, so each one of his movies really is saying something, even though it comes across as silly. Uh, his, his partnership with Will Ferrell over the years is really kind of done wonders for him. It kind of put him on the map as he started off with Anchorman, which focuses on sexism in the news. Um, as well as kind of the news in general, this kind of partisan kind of news uh, and how it's presented to our American people. It's interesting to look at. It's interesting to think about as you're laughing at dumb things from, from Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd and Steve Carell, you're also kind of getting extra information about how the news actually works because these characters are caricatures of people in real life that are actually 
ridiculous, but not comedic movie ridiculous, but ridiculous in a way that has actual real-world implications. Um, I'm going to try not to get too political. I probably don't have the brain power to get too political, but these projects kind of just demand it anyway, so I'm going to at least scratch the surface on some things. Uh, so going through his movies a little bit, kind of chronologically, kind of not, Talladega Nights and Step Brothers are really the only outliers into movies that are really saying something big the way that these other ones are. With Step Brothers, I don't really know what he's going for in terms of his other projects because it doesn't really seem to be saying anything political. It doesn't seem to be commenting on the economy, on the political sphere, on uh, the rich and powerful, on anything like that. Maybe I'm just missing it and I can be dumb, so maybe that is what it is. But I really don't think that I'm missing anything that he's saying uh, in that sort of sphere. It is a good emotional movie. It does have that sort of message packed into it, but it doesn't really fit with uh, everything else that he's done in that sort of way. Similar with Talladega Nights, it does have uh, family themes, it has personal themes, but it doesn't really get into the same kind of stuff, like I said, that the other ones do. It does comment on Americans in general and our ethnocentrism. Ricky Bobby and his team kind of are symbols for that, that sort of attitude. Um, but he really doesn't explore that too deeply in that movie. Uh, it kind of gets a little bit too indulgent in the comedic aspects and the silliness. So, And being too indulgent does tend to be something that McKay gets into. Uh, whether it's the silliness, whether it's his point, which I'll get to with Vice, but uh, and even the big short, but that's okay that he does have one or two that are a little bit of a miss. So starting with Anchorman, which was his first movie, his first movie that he directed, he does start to get into those kinds of themes that I was talking about. The opening text of that movie says that this is a true story, except for that the names, locations, and events have all been changed. So, on its face, that does seem just like a silly throwaway gag, which is hilarious, in my opinion. But, um, when you think about it more deeply, he is kind of just saying, this is how the news works, this is kind of how it still works, even though it has evolved a bit. Uh, this is how these kind of people live their lives. So, the exact names, the exact locations and events that take place in this movie didn't actually happen. But the broader idea of what goes on at these news stations does actually happen on an everyday uh, level. So I think that's really interesting and a really fun way to kind of work in your theme in the opening. Uh, he does tend to have good opening text. I think most, if not all, of his movies do have some sort of opening text. So it's fun to kind of see what he's going for with each one of those. In Anchorman 2, it's kind of the same thing, where this is a true story, but the names, locations, and events have been changed. That's talking about the creation of the 24-hour news cycle, where it, we're not necessarily reporting on news, but we're looking for ratings instead. Uh, that's a big, a big comment on that, on that idea with how he creates Ron Burgundy's character in this movie. Uh, the same thing, again, goes for the other guys. 
which is about investment bank banking and stuff that I do not understand at all. But it's basically just corruption in high-level Wall Street. In these comedies, he's working in these these kind of really interesting and important themes. And one thing I do want want to mention and get into a little bit with Anchorman is that the first Anchorman is called The Legend of Ron Burgundy. Anchorman 2 is called The Legend Continues. So I kind of wonder if McKay and Will Ferrell have uh, an Anchorman 3 in them. I can see it being some sort of The Legend Concludes. I think there's a lot of stuff that they could mine to create one last Anchorman movie about the news. They started off with the news in general, the toxic masculinity of it all, uh, which, by the way, was way ahead of its time, came out in 2004. Um, And then in Anchorman 2, they get into the corruption and the immorality of the 24-hour news cycle uh, and how it kind of just goes for ratings as opposed to spreading the actual news and informing people on what's going on. But that's just the top of my head idea. So moving on from his comedies, I'm going to get into The Big Short. Like I said, I saw that movie once when it came out. It went completely over my head. I didn't understand it at all. But I like the actors a lot. Obviously, I like McKay. Um, I've heard so many people rave about it. I wanted to give it a second shot. So I recently rewatched it. And I still don't think it's a 10 out of 10 great, but I do think it is great. It does get a little bit indulgent. It kind of goes on a little bit too long, but I do think it is getting into some really technical stuff and putting it in a digestible way for the common viewer to understand. So for me being common viewer, I don't understand that financial stuff at all, but this did put it in the sort of terms that I could kind of understand and digest uh, and think about. And at the heart of it, it really gets just into the sort of corruption uh, behind the scenes of all of this, how big businesses are bailed out while people with low incomes are not given nearly the chance that these people who are already in wealthy situations are given. So I think it has a lot of important stuff to say about that, whether or not the financial stuff really works completely the way McKay kind of wants it to and the way that it should for it to be able to justify the two-plus-hour runtime. I do think it's more successful at its goal than his follow-up movie, Vice, and I'll get into that movie in a minute. I just wanted to finish up my thoughts on The Big Short, which, like I said, it's really, really good. You should see it if you haven't. Uh, It has, like I said, an important uh, big ban at the end of a message. It, It says something really important especially uh, during these current times right now. I think it has a lot of really, really good stuff to say along those lines. So just to move on to Vice now, this is another one, like I said, about the big short. I saw it when it came out, and I did understand it. I was a little bit too young uh, to know what was going on when the biggest parts of this movie were happening in real life, when Cheney was vice president and changing the landscape of American politics and world politics. But I really kind of learned a lot by watching this movie. Um, As much as I can learn from this movie, because it says at the very beginning, it's all true to the best of their knowledge, since Dick Cheney is such a secretive person. But I remember walking out of the movie theater 
after seeing it and thinking, I understood it, but I don't know if it was successful in doing what it was trying to do at all. It's trying to be a movie that tells you about the, the dangers of abusing power, especially in the American system that's set up right now. It's trying to point out these really important things um, and say, look, it happened before, it could happen again. Obviously, it came out a couple years into Trump's presidency, so a lot of people have anxieties about a similar sort of thing happening. So it's kind of McKay's way of saying, look, it happened before, let's try not to let it happen again, but there's a good chance of it happening again. That should have been the message of the movie. That should have been how it comes across, but that unfortunately isn't what I got from the movie. What I got was that it's actually just a big Dick Cheney hit piece. I'm going to spoil the end of this movie if you haven't seen it, so just skip ahead a little bit. Um, but it's all based on true events, so there's not really much to spoil anyway. One of the very last shots of the movie is Dick Cheney getting a heart transplant, and the camera zooms in on his old heart on the table, and there's blackness on it. To me, this isn't a filmmaker saying, look at the way that power can corrupt. It's saying, look at the terrible person that Dick Cheney is. He has a black heart. He doesn't care about anyone other than his family. Uh, doesn't care about the American people. But ultimately, it just seems like that's the message that he was going for when he was doing so well the rest of the movie. Uh, I wish it had stuck its landing better. Um, it's really on the nose. It's really indulgent. Uh, but that's okay, I think. Like I said, if it hadn't ended up functioning as a hit piece, instead of functioning as a commentary on the abuse of power in politics and in American politics specifically. But the movie does show skill. It does show passion. Um, and I think the passion is what's really driving it. Um, if you want, you can ignore that last shot because, like I've said a few times now, it has a really important and poignant message. And I think that if you don't want to let something undercut it, you shouldn't let it undercut it, even if that may not be how the director intended it. So now I want to get on to Succession. Succession is an HBO show. It has two seasons, stars the likes of Jeremy Strong, uh, Kieran Culkin, Brian Cox, even with guest appearances for a few episodes each of Danny Houston and Holly Hunter. Uh, I think everyone in this show is really, really good. That's part of what makes it so great and so much fun to watch. Um, honestly, the I'm kind of charading this whole episode as just a reason to talk about Succession because I just finished it and I wanted someone to listen to me talk about it. I don't really know too many people who have seen it, so I don't know anyone to have a conversation with about it right now. So I wanted to just speak about it. McKay only directs the first episode. He kind of gets the ball rolling, but the content of the show is really right up his wheelhouse. He does produce almost every other episode except for the finale of season two, along with his partner, Will Ferrell. Overall, this show really is just crappy people being evil and manipulative. 
to each other, to other people, uh, to themselves to some degree. Um, in each scene, you might be rooting for someone different. If character A goes to talk to character B in the first scene, you might be rooting for character A. But when character B goes to talk to character C, you're going to be rooting for character B in that next scene. Just because the power dynamics are constantly shifting, uh, they're constantly changing, they're constantly showing how manipulative these people are and how they'll do just about anything to further their own goals and to make the best outcome for themselves specifically. Just like Vice and the Big Short, this takes hard to digest or potentially difficult to understand subject matter and makes it digestible to just about anybody. Um, it doesn't have the typical McKay docudramedy kind of feel, the same way that the Big Short and Vice do, but it is almost in a way similar to, in filmmaking style, something like The Office, which is a little bit surprising. The Office or Arrested Development might be a better better comparison, just in the camera work and the, the quickness, the wittiness of the characters. Um, you definitely see McKay and Farrell's fingerprints over them. I can imagine them looking at a script and adding in a joke here or there, or at least giving the actors free reign in some instances to improv and say whatever comes to their mind that they might think is funny. Kieran Culkin specifically is incredible at this. He's my favorite character on the show, my favorite actor on the show. Um, other than Home Alone and then Scott Pilgrim, I don't think he's ever done anything big. So he kind of came out of nowhere with this show and is just excellent. He's out of this world. He's hilarious, um, he's witty, and he's dramatic when he needs to be. I think there's a lot of intangibles that come with his performance and his presence that just add to the overall quality of the show, and I think it, it enhances it by a lot. But the center of the show is really Brian Cox and his character, Logan Roy. He's shown to be manipulative, cunning, selfish, and almost just downright evil at some points. This is where you see the appeal for Adam McKay and even Will Ferrell, apparently, um, since they've worked together on so many different projects. They want to kind of go after this sort of high and mighty kind of figurehead person who represents so much about American culture and what they see as being wrong with American culture. It shows how little these people actually care about the people that they consider less than. They care about their bottom line and they care about themselves and that's pretty much it. They don't care about family, parents, siblings, friends, spouses, They'll spin anything in any way if that means they get to save their own neck in any given situation. Uh, the show is just a critique of big business conglomerates and conservative elites. Uh, but again, just like the other stuff coming from McKay, there is really, really good comedy behind it all. Uh, it makes it really entertaining to watch, even though you despise almost every one of the characters at almost every instance. The actors are just so charismatic. They chew scenery. They make it just so engaging and entertaining to watch. The end of the finale of season two specifically is so perfectly done. Even though I think I saw it coming a little bit, that I got chills. I can't wait for the next season to come. 
So now that I've said all that, I think Adam McKay has a lot of high highs and at some times he has some low lows. I really think it's important to have a filmmaker like this making movies right now. He makes accessible movies, he makes informative movies, uh, and he executive produces accessible and informative television. Next, he'll be directing a Netflix movie starring Jennifer Lawrence titled Don't Look Up. Uh, the IMDb summary for the movie says, A pair of astronomers try to warn everyone on Earth that a giant meteorite will destroy the planet in six months. So I think this movie, it's going to be a comedy. It's right up his alley. I can't wait to see where that goes. It was supposed to begin production this month, so there's no way that that has been going on right now. It was supposed to hit Netflix later this year. We'll see if that actually happens. Uh, but whenever it does hit, I can't wait to see it. Now, just to finish up, since this is the Robert's Thoughts movie cast and Robert, me, loves to rank things, I'm going to quickly rank Adam McKay's seven feature films that he's directed. Starting at seven, I'm going to go with Talladega Nights. Like I said, that one is saying the least. Uh, it's kind of all over the place. It's not really that funny compared to the other movies that he's made. I wish it was funnier. I wish it was saying more. It's still good. I like to watch it. It's just not up to the same level as the others that he's made. Number six, we'll go with Anchorman 2. Um, this one doesn't reach the heights of Anchorman 1, but it still has some really, really great moments, specifically with Steve Carell and Kristen Wiig. It, this one is just a little bit overlong and has too many jokes and setups that fall flat that I think it's a, it's weaker than the rest of his filmography. Number five, we'll go with Vice. Like I said, I wish I could love Vice more than I do, but in the end, it just doesn't say what it wants to be saying. But it's still really well done. It's incredibly acted, especially by Christian Bale uh, as Dick Cheney. I just don't think it reaches the heights that his other movies do. Number four, I'm going to go with Step Brothers. Step Brothers, I love that movie to death. It's hilarious. Uh, that's the perfect college movie. Me and my friends have quoted it to no end. We've watched it over and over. Uh, but just for my personal tastes, I prefer a movie that can entertain me and make me think at the same time. Step Brothers doesn't make me think as much as the movies ahead of it do. But in the end, it is still absolutely hilarious. And I'll love it forever. Number three, The Big Short. So The Big Short is pretty much a perfect movie. Like I said, it falters a bit towards the end as it just seems to continue to go on when I feel like it could have ended a little bit sooner. But I think it's incredibly informative, really accessible, really well acted by Ryan Gosling uh, specifically and Christian Bale. It's also hilarious in a different way than the movies like Step Brothers or Anchorman. But I think overall, it's just really, really great, and it deserves all the praise that it gets. Number two, The Other Guys. This is a movie, I think it gets really overlooked these days. Um, I think it's really, really, really good. I laugh at it a lot every time I watch it. There's just new jokes that come along each time. You'll just pick up on things that you didn't pick up on before, and there's a lot of great stuff in it. Mark Wahlberg is doing typical over-the-top, not-very-good-acting Mark Wahlberg stuff, but I don't think that really matters in this movie. 
Will Ferrell, I think this is one of his best comedic performances. He's just perfect in it. There's a lot to love in this movie, especially it's even saying something the way I wish Step Brothers was. The action is even really fun. I think there's just a lot, a lot to love with this movie, and that's why I have it at number two, which is going to bring us to number one, obviously, Anchorman. There's not much more that you can ask for in a comedy these days than what Anchorman gives. It's smart, it's funny, it has charismatic actors who are hilarious and that you can tell get along and tell are hilarious people who are just being hilarious on the spot. This is a perfectly written movie, uh, perfectly acted. Um, it's really well put together, and I just love it from beginning to end. I don't think it has a dull beat. It's a 10 out of 10 for me. Um, Anchorman is my number one Adam McKay movie, and probably my number one Will Ferrell movie also. Um, so yeah, there's my rankings. So I want to say thanks to everybody for listening. Like I said, this is a little mini bonus episode. Um, so thanks for listening on a Friday when the episodes are normally going to be coming out on Wednesdays now. I changed it from Thursdays to Wednesdays. Uh, you can be looking forward to a blog post, which I haven't done in a while. I'm going to be writing about Alex Garland's new show that just wrapped up uh, yesterday, Devs. I think that has a lot to say. Speaking of making big, heady concepts really accessible, that's what this this show does. Um, Alex Garland tends to do things like that with Ex Machina and Annihilation, which are the two films that he's directed. So you have that to look forward to. Hope you check that out. But in the meantime, you can find me at Robert's Thoughts on Instagram, at underscore Rob's Thoughts on Twitter. Um, and I want to say thanks to Luke for the art, thanks to Laura for the music, and thanks to you for listening. We'll see you next time.